Hey everyone, welcome to Life by Design Intentional Wellness Podcast with Tracy, Debbie, and Paula. Three friends who have a love for learning and an inquiring spirit for living a happy, healthy life. We are so glad you can join us as we discover together how to be our best physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Friends, we are on the journey with you. We are not doctors or experts in wellness. We are just collaborators, partnering with you, our listeners, to live a healthy, happy life in this chaotic world. Life by Design Intentional Wellness is for information sharing only. Don't take it as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Make sure to work with your healthcare providers to determine the best way forward for your situation. This is the second part of the two-part podcast. You know, in previous podcasts, we talked about gratitude, kindness, fear, and positivity. What are you most grateful for as you look back on the experience? You know, you had kind of said a little bit about like the things that you were grateful for day to day. Is there one big thing that you were coming out of this experience that you felt grateful for? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the single biggest thing that I'm grateful for following this experience is just knowing that I made it through a hard situation. I know that sounds really simple in nature, but you know, I think you can apply it to every part of your life. You know, you can apply it to I don't know, work troubles or you can apply it to a busy schedule or maybe I don't know, a broken leg or whatever it is, you know, whatever hardship that you're facing just to say like I saw it through and I'm okay on the other side I think that's the single biggest thing that I came away with and the confidence that comes from that Mm -hmm. yes definitely that's amazing that's amazing to me yeah I think anybody in any you know I'm sure our listeners too. any hard situation if you get to see the other side boy you know you you just really feel like I there's nothing that I can't do in my life right exactly Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can apply it elsewhere. The worst has happened, you know, so there's nothing I can't do in my life. That's amazing. That's really amazing. So, and also in these podcasts, we talked about being grateful, kind, and positive can improve our own mental and physical health. Did you find it to be true in your experience? And like, what way? Yeah, absolutely. So, it was hard in my experience. I wouldn't say I woke up every day with gratitude and just followed it through the day. I mean, let's be honest. It was I was dealing with chronic illness and didn't really have any direction on how to get better. I was kind of just, you know, grasping at straws for a while, hoping one was going to be the answer, right? So, I so I, I don't think that I was able to carry it through, but when I started to learn a little bit more about the brain gut connection, which, you know, for for those of us that are just learning some of this, they call the, the gut our second brain, right? Yes. And that's a common yeah. term we've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And we're learning more about the microbiome. And so we're really learning a little bit more, a lot more about the, the relationship between our brain and our gut. And, you know, one of the biggest connectors of our brain and our gut is our vagus nerve. So it runs all the way from our brain, all the way down to our stomach. Yeah. And you'll hear the vagus nerve in a lot of, a lot of, context, whether it be, you know, for meditation, you know, whether it be for, you know, strengthening of your relationship between your, your, your gut and your brain, whether it be, you know, you can, you can, your the parasympathetic nervous system versus the nervous system. So regulating your nervous system, you'll hear a lot about the vagus nerve and it does regulate our nervous system. And so this, I am going to tie this back to gratitude, I promise, but it was, 
it was the idea and understanding of my whole body and how it all played into the, the healing process. And so when I started to learn a little bit more about how gratitude and, you know, calming my nervous system and, and being at peace with myself, even though it might've felt like chaos, when I started to learn a little bit more about how that was a real driving factor in healing, that's when I really turned to do it more. And I did it in some of those ways that we had discussed, you know, whether it be leaning on a friend and family, you know, finding gratitude in the small things and just the small wins, right? It doesn't always need to be, I solved the big problem and I'm, and I'm, you know, and I'm great in, in, in everything that I do. It was, you know, the very little wins that I felt like I could, I could lean on in times of hardship, right? So I think that how, that's a big part of how our mental health plays into our gut. I mean, they are literally connected. And so the thoughts that you have, if you have negative thoughts about yourself, I'm never going to heal. I'm never going to get better. This is my life. You know, what a crappy life. Like you are actually making it worse, which that is, you know, you hear that, but then when you actually read the science backed by it, it is really mind blowing just how much of an impact our own perception of our own life has on the life that we live. Yeah. I mean, I, I, honestly, that has been my own experience too. Like, and it's really hard. You know, I know like you were saying that that's your case, but you weren't always miss positivity every single day that all this awful stuff was happening to you, you know, and I've, I've had that experience too. As you start to feel a little bit better, you got to focus on the, like the little, you know, wins that you're having and that can build upon, you know, actually having your positive attitude again and having and, and feeling good about yourself again. And Kaylin, what you were saying, I am so appreciative that you share that because, you know, we've read about that when we talked about in these podcasts and we've read research, it does say, you know, research and science does prove that there is that connection between your brain and your gut. And, you know, your mindset makes a difference in, in, your, in your overall health. But to hear how it actually happened for you and, you know, that that did, that your own experience proves that, it's kind of nice to know that, 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 you know, the science actually does, is true and it does work. Yeah. Yeah, and sharing your firsthand right. information. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And the second part I would add to that too, is I learned, and I think this is something that we all can really benefit from is to not be so hard on myself. Sometimes mm -hmm. I was so upset every day, something bad happened because I was quote unquote, doing everything I had to do to heal. And so, you know, once I was able to get into that mentality of just taking the pressure off a little bit, like your body knows what to do your body knows how to heal itself. You just need to give it the time and the space to do it. So sometimes the gratitude was, you know, as a, a way to deviate my thoughts from something negative, but sometimes it was just saying, I'm grateful that my body will heal, even if it didn't feel like it, right? Like just taking the pressure off of, it doesn't need to be perfect every day because it's not a straight arrow. If that was the case, we'd all know the direction we're going, right? And so- just creating space for yourself, whatever that space looks like, and allowing yourself to have those emotions, those thoughts and feelings. But if they're negative, don't live there. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. 
you learned lessons that's taken me yes. and so many of us. Oh yeah. You know, and yep. you learning those in your 20s. And, you know, and so there's another thing to be grateful for. I mean, you went through a tough time, but that you're going to carry this with you. And as, you know, the world and your life, you have challenges as you, you know, continue on. You have that resiliency and you have this experience and you know that, you know, you can tap into that when, when times get hard. And you'll be an excellent advocate for others. Yeah. Yeah. So- it's so when you're kind of have something and you're on that path by yourself, it's really hard. And if you're the one figuring it out for the first time, where to go, who to reach out to, what to do, it's, it's really hard. But if you have somebody else comes to you and they're saying they're having these stomach issues or they're having a hard time, you could help them now. You could actually help really help them and they'd appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, I've had a number of friends actually come to me some with the same, actually with the same exact diagnosis and their story is so similar to mine. Conventional medicine hasn't been supporting. They don't exactly know where to go. Are they going to live like this forever? And so just being a listening ear and someone to validate your experiences, I think that in and of itself is comforting. Yeah, definitely. So I was going to also ask you, how did fear show up when you, you know, started having these physical ailments, were you able to alleviate it? And how did you do that? How were you able, if fear showed up, how were you able to get rid of it? Yeah, a lot of fear showed up in different ways. I would say there was a lot of fear about making a mistake. So I talked about how food did cause me some pain. So every time I ate something, after I ate it, I would just kind of sit and and wait for the pain. Like I was expecting it to come. And so, you know, there was a lot of fear around food. There was a lot of fear around, did I do something wrong? You know, did I eat too much of something or did I eat too fast? Or, you know, you get this, you get this regimen when you are, you know, quote unquote, curing SIBO. There's a lot of conventional ways to do it. You know, one of them is very being very restrictive with your foods. Don't eat anything that makes you sick. Well, if you do that, you're actually restricting a lot of options for nutrients for your body, right? You're, you're restricting. So there's something called the low FODMAP diet for which I did for a bit of time. And it essentially restricts food groups that take longer for your body to digest because that fermentation in your system could cause an overgrowth. Well, a couple of things on the list are like apples and beans and things that, you know, by conventional standards, nutritional standards are really good for you. So when everything online and all and everything you're reading is about restriction and how you you'll get better if you just don't do don't eat these 50 foods like then you start to think well if I eat a bite of that you know am, am I going to make it worse you know like how am I going to get through this and you know what is a safe space for me what are safe foods and um so fear showed up in that way um and I had to work through the mental block that that caused. So I worked with my dietitian, like I'd mentioned, I worked with my therapist, you know, to help me just get over that mental hurdle and trusting my body again. And then the other way that fear came up was the, was the realization that this might be it forever. You know, that's a tough thing to swallow at any age. And at 22, you know, that's a really tough thing to swallow. I was looking at going on medical leave at work because the pain had gotten so bad, I couldn't make it through more than a three hour, four hour work day. And so, you know, I'd looked at 
all of my friends going out and, you know, living this life that you as a young 20, that's all you hear about. You know, you're in your 20s, you're young, you know, go experience your life. And I wasn't able to do any of that. So I think there was a lot of fear with that as well. But, you know, I, I certainly will admit I did not get through it gracefully. And there are things I look back that I probably, you know, in hindsight, it's 2020, I probably wouldn't have done those things again or felt that way or led myself down that path. Um, but at the time, you just don't know. And that's really fearful. The fear of the unknown in and of itself is, you know, one of the biggest drivers of fears. I know that you all discussed that on one of your previous podcasts. Yeah. And I really resonate with that and, and can completely agree. Um, and so I think I just, I looked to the people that were safe spaces for me. I looked to the people that comforted me in times of need that said, you know, even if you are like this forever, we will still be around. <laughs> Thank you. You know, because there was, there was that component of myself. Well, who wants to be around someone who's miserable all the time too. So I think, you know, really leaning on the people that I, I trusted to help get me through and just support me is, is a common theme. I think you'll hear a lot of my answers because I didn't do this alone. You know, while I was walking the path by myself, no, I had experienced it before. I, I needed that support system, like undoubtedly, you know, unequivocally, you know, there for me. And, and that's what kind of helped me through those times of fear. Well, that is absolutely wonderful. And, and you've already alluded to this as well, but I'm just so anxious to hear like with everything you've gone through, how has your life now changed? Yeah, I think, you know, my life has changed in the sense that I look at it a lot more holistically. So I have, you know, certain things that I do for my gut on a, on a daily basis. So, you know, a couple of those items would be, I actually eat at the same time every day, which is something that people don't really actually think about, but our body has its own circadian rhythm. It has its own clock. And so if you can eat at the same times every day and help prepare your body for digestion, then you can support it in that digestion process and optimize that digestion. Like, you know, the, the definition and Paula that you previously read at the beginning. So there's certain things I do from a digestive perspective. And then there's things I do from a livelihood perspective, which is, you know, making time for myself, having those boundaries and just saying no, sometimes not because I want to say no, but because it's really important to be able to you know, as, um, as Debbie mentioned earlier, you know, you want to be the best version of yourself for the people around you so that you can really care for them the best. So, you know, there's a number of things that I've done that have prompted, you know, a lifestyle change. But I think, like I had mentioned before, it's just the biggest way that my life has changed is just becoming a lot more in tune with my body. So I feel like I know myself better now than I ever have before. I know pretty much how I'm going to react to everything, but even just learning how the daily stresses of being a 20 something year old in a fast paced workforce, like how does that impact me? And how, how does that impact my overall gut health, my brain health? Like, I, I think I've, I feel a lot more in tune with my body. And for a long time, my body didn't feel like a safe space. It felt like it was betraying me. It felt like it was turning on me. You know, that is really a common sentiment you'll hear from people with chronic illness, you know, why me? I did everything I could. I live, you know, a quote unquote, you know, relatively healthy lifestyle. And so I think just becoming closer to myself and making myself its best friend. I used to joke all the time when I was having flare ups, I actually would talk to my stomach and I would, and I would rub it and I would say, you know, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. 
I mean, it's very funny when you think about it, but um, I learned um, through my therapy sessions that actually we respond best to our own voice. So when you actually need affirmations, positive affirmations, saying them out loud to yourself is actually one of the most comforting things you can do for yourself. So yeah. So if you see someone talking to themselves, probably me one, (laughs) maybe they know that. I know that was a little bit of a tangent, but those are probably some of the biggest changes that I've made. Do you mind if I ask you, do you take any daily supplements? So I was on supplements for a while as they were a big part of my healing journey because there's common nutrients and minerals that our body, if we, t- if we have SIBO, are, is more likely depleted of. Like taking supplements, I think it's important to find what supplement is right for you in the sense of like, what does your body need? And, you know, what does, you know, what's going to support you the most? It's certainly not a one size fits all. Um, I was on probably seven or eight different supplements throughout that year that I was working with my specialist, but they were to do different things. One of them was to heal my gut lining um, because it was inflamed. Another one was to bind the toxins in my gut so they could be secreted out of my body. I was also on a probiotic, uh, different strains of probiotics as they support different types of you know microbiome functions. Uh, and so I think I, I was on supplements. I'm not on supplements anymore as I really like to support my, my lifestyle, my diet, my life with, you know, just diverse and healthy eating and everything else that uh, contributes to a diverse microbiome. But I do think that there's value in them if it's something your body needs. That, that's fantastic. So you've shared so much. So let me just ask you, what advice would you give to someone who's going through something similar to what you've gone through and from your experience, what is the best way to keep our guts healthy? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say the biggest advice I have for someone who's going through something similar like myself is one, trust yourself. Like if you think something is wrong, something is wrong. You know, I will be cliche, but you know, trust your gut truly like trust yourself to have that, to to have that intuition to go and to not to be resilient in getting help. Don't stop until you get the help you need, until you get the answers that you need because because you will. And I think that's the second component. You will get better. Um, you will be able to resolve this. You know, that's something that I heard oftentimes in my healing. This is not chronic. This is not chronic. And I'm sitting there thinking, I live with it every day. It's pretty chronic. Um, right. Right. But yes, but like you, you will heal yourself and there are things that you can do. And I also, I also encourage um, anyone that's going through this to look at the positives of what they are doing. So um, this is something I've changed with my, my mentality on when it comes to food. So when I had to restrict a lot of food, I thought all the time about the food I wasn't allowed to eat because that was something that was taken from me. But when I was able to flip the script and say, but what are you gaining when you eat that potato? What are you gaining when you eat that berry? You know, what are you gaining when you eat that leafy green? You know, I'm gaining iron from the leafy green. I'm, I'm gaining high amounts of fiber from that sweet potato. I'm gaining antioxidants from that berry. And you start to think of all the things you're actually giving to yourself. And that is, and that was a great, you know, shift in my mentality. So I would say, don't stop until you get better. Don't stop looking for help until you find the help that you need to get better. Believe that you'll get better and work on, work on giving to yourself, whatever that means to you. Maybe it's a little treat. Maybe it's a shopping trip. Maybe it's just thinking about the food that you have and what that is doing for you 
in a positive way instead of the restricting in a negative way. So that is ice cream cone. No, <laughs> eat the ice cream cone. Actually, yes, absolutely eat the ice cream cone. And then I would say, you know, what is your best, what's the best way to keep the gut healthy? So, you know, we talked a little bit about this, but I think really understanding that connection between the brain and the gut and working to strengthen that. So I had mentioned the vagus nerve a little bit. I could go into a whole long spiel about the vagus nerve, but like I said, it connects the brain to the rest of the body. And it plays an essential role in uh, many body functions, including heart and breathing rate, liver and kidney pressure, uh, liver and kidney health, uh, blood pressure, and then like our inflammatory systems and our gut motility. And that's that uh, optimizing the digestion. That's your gut motility that it's referring to. So some funny ways to actually enhance and strengthen this brain gut axis is singing and chanting, um, yes. meditating. The vagus nerve, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Singing. Mm-hmm. Singing, wow. yes, singing, and if um, if you've do you ever have been, to sound good if you're singing? I was going to say, if you've ever been to church with me and my mom, it doesn't sound that great, but <laughs> it is it's in the name of health, and so it's okay. So it's okay. And, but and plus, if, if we're soothed most by our own voice, see, Paula, you don't have to worry. You're soothed okay. There you go. I, yes. I scare myself with my own voice, but okay. <laughs> I would say sing till your heart's content, you know, and then I would say looking, working on building stress resilience, our immune system, you know, 70 to 80% of it sits in our gut, right? And so when we are stressed out and we are putting stress on our gut, we're, we're decreasing our immune system there because so much of it sits in our gut. So really focusing on that stress resilience, because that also helps us balance our hormones, which is a huge component of keeping our gut healthy. So I'll give you an example there. The cortisol hormone is the get up and go hormone. So you'll, you've seen it actually, you've heard it most referenced as the, the stress hormone, but in our body, it's actually developed for that get up and go, which is why cortisol is actually highest in the morning. It is what gets us out of bed, high amounts of cortisol. And then it's supposed to decrease throughout the day till it gets an all time low before you go to bed so you can fall asleep. But in this, this stressful, high pressure environment that we all find ourselves in, you know, on a day-to-day basis, our cortisol continues to spike. It continues to, to because we're in that, that fight or flight. So our body is then developing much more cortisol than it actually needs, which can cause an imbalance in your hormones, which can cause an imbalance in your gut. So I think focusing on stress resilience, that means getting sun in the morning. So first thing in the morning, we talked about the circadian rhythm put your body on that circadian rhythm. Our bodies are meant to get sun first thing in the morning. Go for that morning walk, feel that sun on your face, enjoy being outside. 15 minutes of stress management a day is what's recommended. This could be breath work or meditation. Maybe it's moments of gratitude or mindfulness, something to just manage your stress. They have also found that high interactions with dogs and cats, pets can actually do wonderful things for our stress management as well as spending time with friends. So sometimes it's doing what I would consider to be the secondary components of gut health. So you think of like the first nutrition, you know, digestion, whatnot, but then there's a secondary, which is living a life that makes you happy. Living a life that makes you at peace and calm um, can also really support um, our, our gut there. So those are probably some of the biggest ones that I've turned to. And, and notice I didn't say anything about food. And that's because that's a very personal experience. And I'm not going to sit on here and tell you to eat a green or drink a green shake every morning or, you know, to not have 
that French fry. There obviously is a lot of, there's a lot of connection between what we eat and how we feel. So I'm not saying eat a pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but I think that the, our relationship with food is so personal. And so I'm not, I wouldn't give guidance to someone on how to eat unless they feel like something's really triggering them when they eat. Do you mean I can't have um, pizza for breakfast? What do you, oh, that doesn't that's sound good. That's my breakfast of champions. <laughs> I had pizza tonight for dinner. I'm sorry. <laughs> dinner, fine. Breakfast, breakfast, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no, it's so good. Well, New York style pizza. So just, just throwing that out there. But Yeah. <laughs> that's the exception. Oh. Well, okay, thanks. So, um, Kaylin, you have just shared such a wealth of information at, that we all benefit from, but I just want to ask you, what is um, a question that you wished we'd have asked you and we didn't? I, I have to think about this one. You know, I'm, I'm, I think the question that I w would have been interested in discussing a little further and, and given just like the, the group that we have on the line here is like, what differences did I see as a woman versus a man? And only from the perspective that we are different. And mm -hmm. I think understanding your body the most in your own way is one of the best ways to heal. So they do find that situations of this nature happen 80% in females and 20% in males. Now it's granted, it's still being developed. It's still being understood. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't hold those statistics as the, as the, as the only ones, but just understanding, you know, how does everything that goes into, like I mentioned earlier, like how our bodies are formed and, um, you know, how we respond to digestion as opposed to our counterparts. I think that that would be something that we could go into a lot more detail about, but I found specifically for me, just understanding, you know, how I need to take care of every part of myself differently than maybe my male counterparts would because of my gut health is, is something that I would be I'm interested in continuing to discuss on it if we if we had had the time. Well, and that could just build into a future uh, session because it's really it's so fascinating. I would love to have you back on for the vagus nerve and do a whole well, session on that. Yeah. I want to know everything you've learned, but I don't want to have to go through what you went through. <laughs> Yes, well, that too. <laughs> and Paula, I feel like you did go through it with me. So I think that you, I think you get your check mark. <laughs> Do I? Okay, thank you. Yeah, so Kaylin, I don't know what to say. I'm just so grateful that you joined us on this podcast. And I'm so thankful. I mean, you, you're just, your authenticity, your just honest, vulnerable, like, you just, you know, shared your, what you went through and you were so honest with how you felt and the challenges and then the inspiration. My niece, you are amazing. You just inspired me like not to be afraid when, if, if, and when something happens, like just, you know, jump in and take care of yourself and do what you need to do to take care of yourself and what you learned I love your whole holistic approach to your health. The fact that you went to conventional doctors, you tried alternative medicines, you, you had therapy, you went to therapists. I mean, you really took care of your whole being in 
trying to make yourself well. And to me, that was such a great learning. And I think we always end our podcast with a call to action. And so I'll be asking Tracy and Debbie what they'll do differently based on what you shared with us. But for me, I think that is, that's what I will do, would do differently is not be afraid to try, you know, different um, approaches to, to healing, whatever it is that we're, we're challenged with. And the other thing that I would do differently is, I, I said it earlier, is just recognizing when somebody needs a support system and just being there. I think when you talked about how you're, how the people in your life like made such a difference for you in your journey and really lifted you up when you needed that, it, that doesn't take a whole lot. And, and the impact it had, it sounds like it had on you was just amazing. So for me, I want to be more aware of when somebody needs me and make myself available for them. I'm going to ask Debbie and Tracy what you guys, in from a call to action, I want the listeners to be thinking about what you guys will be doing differently. It's just a wealth of information, Kaylin, that you shared. And I am so grateful and thankful that you're here and I love you. So I was just thinking that my call to action is that I will definitely be more mindful of the food that I eat and actually emphasize I will eat and and be aware of what's going in. And, and I just love the points of trust yourself and look at the positive. And I'm going to try that singing and chanting because that sounds like fun. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I would just have to say I do a lot of the diet stuff and take supplements. Probably my call to action would be really just trust my my body that it knows best and listen to my body and, you know, be open to sharing what I've learned through my personal journey and what we've learned from you today with others. So to our listeners, I just want to remind you that make sure that you consult your medical team. If you are experiencing any kind of gut issues, and I personally hope that you were encouraged by Kaylin's story, the information that she learned, her resiliency, you'll be able to tap into your own resiliency in challenging times. And with that, um, we're looking forward to seeing or hearing our uh, being with our listeners in our next podcast. And um, thank you all so much for joining us. Kaylin, thank you again. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for going along on the ride with us today as we pursue ways to intentionally live our best lives with purpose and meaning. We want to hear from you, our companions, on this journey of designing a life of intentional wellness. Visit our website and let us know what you think about the podcast. We invite you to share your story, suggest a topic for discussion, and rate this in previous podcast episodes. Share our podcast with your friends because our desire is to build a community dedicated to a life designed with meaning and value.